I'm Pastor Joseph Clark, and welcome to JC and Me, a four-minute devotion. So I'm going to witness for you today, because when I was a small child in primary school, I used to talk to Jesus. In fact, some adults would ask me, who are you talking to? And I would just simply answer them, Jesus. So as you can imagine, some would give me touching smiles and others would look at me like I needed a child therapist. So yes, I spoke to Jesus many times a day as a small child. And I felt the warmth and safety of his presence around me, outside of me and within me. I felt safe under his supervision. I felt grateful for his love and and Christ's sacrifice. I knew that Jesus was my best friend ever. I could not only feel his presence when I was at church or at hymn sing at school in the choir, but also when I walked home from school, I could feel him as I carried my school bag and chatted away with him. In fact, when I would walk home from school, I would talk to him about whatever was on my mind. But when I became a teenager, I went in some unhealthy directions. I was impressionable by some older people I looked up to whose own unhealthy choices I was emulating. I gave in to peer pressure and I put myself at risk. Even then, I always felt God's presence. There was no doubt that he was there. However, I did not fear him. I did not mind hurting him. I would sin and pray, sin and pray daily, sin and pray, rinse and repeat. And I wasn't just struggling with sin. I would indulge in sin. As an adult, I cleaned up my act, but as I went through my 20s and 30s and early 40s, I made an idol out of the wrong things. I gave my heart to the wrong things. The pursuit of a false persona, putting ambition before all other things, preoccupied with proving a point, you know, I'll show them, and and preoccupied with earning other people's respect, not God's. I also made the mistake of pursuing multiple spiritual philosophies and paths. I thought that I was a pretty smart guy, pretty educated, pretty wise. So I studied pagan religions, and I believed that there were many paths to God. The enemy took hold of me and my weaknesses. And then I suffered a brutal betrayal, which sent me into a dark depression. The floor was pulled out from underneath me. Someone close to me, whom I trusted, had betrayed me, and I had nothing to fall back on. I reached a point where I was best described as spiritually dead, looking for salvation in all the wrong places and I considered suicide. Finally, I fell on my knees one day and I gave my heart exclusively to Jesus as Lord of my life, crying, Lord Jesus, I cannot do this anymore. I give it all to you. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. There's salvation in no one else. I abandoned all pagan pursuits and idols right then and there, and I gave control of my life to Jesus. And you know, part of that surrendering to Christ was pledging to him that no matter how my scientific, limited, logical human mind might be challenged by the mysteries of God and his words in the Holy Bible, I would 100% buy into it and believe it on faith. I was devoted. My salvation and rebirth and, and recreation in Christ was instantaneous, as though God picked me up like a kitten by the scruff of my neck saying, you've spent enough time in that dark well Now, I'm putting you over here in my kingdom. You are mine. All evil in my life was replaced by the presence of God, which was familiar to me. Once again, I felt him as I did as a small child when I would speak to him. A few years later, I was called to ministry by the grace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this sinning wretch, 
was called. In Numbers 14, 21, it is written, But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, Paul writes, In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. God is with us always. He knows our heart and our thoughts. He hears our words and sees our actions. He's always aware of our suffering. He's ever observant of our Christ-like behavior, and he is ever aware of our sinful behavior too. In Job chapter 34, verse 21, the Holy Spirit tells us in his word, For his eyes are on the ways of man, and he sees all his steps. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8, one of my favorites, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord is our co-pilot. The Lord is our ride or die. The Lord is our truest friend. We can trust him when we cannot trust ourselves. And his plan for us is brilliant and unfathomable by human minds. We will forget this much of the time, but one thing is certain. The more mindful we attempt to be to his presence, the better we will get at it. The more we give in to sin, the more we will feel a distance. It is not that God distances himself from us. It is that we distance ourselves from him. But the more we resist sin, the stronger we will be at resisting it and the more we shall allow the Holy Spirit who indwells within us to be Lord over our lives. I wish to finish with 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Please pray for me as I will for you. Heavenly and loving Father, Merciful creator of all things seen and unseen and known and unknown, we thank you for the salvation of Jesus, the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, and for all the abundance and blessings in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Lord, for your grace, which makes repentance and salvation possible. Father, please continue to guide us away from our own rebellious hearts. We hereby love and dedicate ourselves to you always. In the most divine and righteous name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm Pastor Joseph Clark. Thanks so much for listening to this short devotion on JC and Me.